Hebrews, uh, the third chapter. Just been on her heart, and uh, I know, I know, I know. I say it all the time. I know it's very familiar, uh, but uh, and seems like we, you know, we've read and preached from this so many a time. To, uh, as as it is in the whole Word of God, there's a lot of good instruction, and and it just seems like the Lord kind of draws us to this place here in a lot of times and, and just brings out new things to us but uh, and then a lot of times he just wants us to bring out the same things that he's been bringing out for years uh, because it's all uh, uh, good for instruction but 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 there again I know I've been it seems like I've been a reading a lot lately in the chapter a lot of uh, verses but uh, but that's all right too because it's just the way the Lord's been leading us but in the third chapter of the book of Hebrews, I'm going to start there in the first verse, and we may read through this whole chapter, but uh, he says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end, unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into, into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? 
And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but them that believed not? So we, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And that, that's been on our heart today, this scripture, and, 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 and being able to enter in, because we read on into the next chapter, and he talks about uh, how that there remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. And I, I, thought, on, I thought on this scripture as we was uh, uh, thinking and trying to study over it there a little more this evening, uh, uh, how that he, he, he said uh, that he called them, he said, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He said, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in his house. But, but I'll read that next one. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. And, and they, they something the, the, the Lord created a, a place of peace and a place of rest for the people of God. And, and a lot of people has, has their own maybe thoughts of who the people of God are. Uh, as it is written right here in this, by Paul to the Hebrews there, he, he said, uh, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. He told us to consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So to consider him. And, 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 and those of us that are partakers of the heavenly calling. And, and I believe that, that every human being is a partaker of the heavenly calling. I believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl will have that calling come under their life. And he said, he said that those, uh, and he said to consider, you know, uh, 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 the, uh, the, the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And, and he goes on down into that and talks about how worthy he was and that he was the builder of the house and, and all these different... And he gets on down to about that sixth verse there. He said, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, I know a lot of people might take that and they might think, well, okay, then we could lose our salvation if we don't stay steadfast and we don't hold firm to that. But I want you to understand something to the end. If we hold fast to the end, is there anything unsure about God's salvation? No. When, 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 God, when God calls a man and a man receives the Holy Ghost and, 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 and he said, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with, con, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And, and, and I believe in an eternal salvation. I believe when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we put our faith, our hope, and our trust in Him and our belief in Him. Because we see that in, in what He's dealing with. And, and it seems like we've been there a lot. I know we went through... Uh, a, a lot of the, 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 the children of Israel during our Bible school seem like we've been in that a whole lot here lately. Uh, but they just had it on our mind a lot. But you think about that. Uh, he said not every one of them that was brought out of Egypt and out of bondage got to make it in over there. 
Now, now, I'm trying my best. I'm going to try to take my time here tonight with this because I want us to truly understand this. Paul was speaking unto people there that he called holy brethren. He was speaking unto those that had received the Holy Ghost. And he talked about this thing there. He said that the, 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 the partakers of the, heaven, the, whole, the heavenly calling, that holy calling. And he said that we could keep these things in that sixth verse. I'd say I'm taking my time. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the, rejo- and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, now listen, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Today, if ye hear his voice. He's telling us to hold fast unto the end to receive salvation. Okay, there comes a time in every one of our lives when we hear the Holy Calling. When we hear God come by and knock on our door. Now from that moment, it's up to man to accept or deny. From that moment, it's, it's, it's laid right in your hands to receive that holy calling and to come unto it. Or it's in your hands to reject that holy calling and walk away from it. And he's telling us if we will, if, 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 if we will stay and, and Rejoice of the hope firm unto the end. Now listen. Wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today. If ye will hear his voice. The next step is. Harden not your hearts. As in the provocation. In the day of temptation. In the wilderness. When your fathers. Tempted me. Proved me. And saw my works forty years. Wherefore. I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. The Lord gave a call unto the people in that day. And He promised a day of rest in their life. He promised a land that flowed with milk and honey. He promised uh, uh, that if they would just trust Him, that He would go ahead of them and He would eliminate every enemy, every obstacle, everything that comes their way. And they provoked Him. By unbelief, they hardened their hearts through unbelief and they chose not to believe God. They were also partakers. Everybody, all of Israel, were partakers of that same column. Joshua and Caleb wasn't the only ones that could go into Canaan. That calling went out unto all of Israel in that day. Of that land, unto the seed of Abraham. That was what God had promised unto them. And the calling went unto every one of them. But some of them hardened their hearts under the, under the word of God. That was, a, that was a, a personal decision at that moment in their life to turn that away. 
And they hardened their hearts. And you know what they found? The anger of God. And the wrath of God. And God said at that moment, they would never see that land of rest. That's what comes down on each individual life. It's a moment of decision. A moment of either I'm going to accept it, I'm going to reject it, and take God's wrath. We was talking there before, but, but before we got started here about hell. And talking about people going to hell. And lifting their eyes there. And if they had an opportunity to be able to get word back to their people. It, it, it would be just like the rich man begging out of hell. That, 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 that Go tell them. Go tell them. Not to come to this place. And there was a word went unto him. He said, if they'll not hear Moses and they'll not hear the prophets, they're not going to hear one raised from the dead coming back to them. Every man's going to have that time of hearing in his life. He said, today, today, if ye will hear, if ye will hear, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. He said, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years. There's a time in people's life, and I'm going to get on down into some more of this here in a minute. I just want to make sure to cover it off. There's a time when you can tempt God and you will prove God. I promise you this. There's a world today that's tempting God. There's a world today that's turning their hearts and hardening their hearts towards their own beliefs, their own ways of thinking. And and, and we know it's quoted all the time here at the church, our ways are not God's ways. And He tells us to lean not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct our path. But what is the tendency of man? We want to do what we want to do. And when we when we see we want to believe what we want to believe and, and we don't we don't want to follow God because we truly don't believe him sometimes. That's an evil heart. That's a sinful thing to do, not to believe God. And and, and, and one of the greatest things, the, the greatest sin that you could ever do to what is it, preacher adultery? <clears throat> Is it fornication? What is it, preacher? We've got a lot of them that's labeled higher than others. But I'm going to tell you one of the greatest sins you'll ever commit. Unbelief. Because all of the others are results of that. Murder. All the other things. All the Ten Commandments. All the other laws that stand through the Word of God are just a result of unbelief. Truly not believing that there's a consequence for things that we do and that will come upon us. That all stems from unbelief. That's why he called it an evil heart of unbelief. That we harden ourselves. That we don't believe God. We truly don't. We know what God says and yet we will turn and we'll say, well, God knows my heart. He knows my God knows my heart. Amen, He does. Amen, He knows.
the sin in my life? He knows. It's not because, well, that's just in my blood. That's the way my daddy was, my mama was, my papa was. It's just in my blood. I'm going to tell you something. He'll change your blood when He saves you. He'll change your heart when He saves you. You know what He's talking about when He talks about uh, 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 staying until the end? When you hear that heavenly calling and you come unto that, you know where you'll be? You'll be just like Joshua and Caleb. You'll be ready to go in and take what God promised you. You'll be ready to go forward and you'll be walking with Him. Joshua and Caleb didn't die in the wilderness. You know what they done? Julian, they stayed steadfast. They stayed, they had to suffer 40 years in the wilderness because of everybody else's unbelief. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't say, I didn't even no use. Everybody doesn't earn it for us. Let's just sit down over here, all of us die in the wilderness. No, Conley. No. Joshua and Caleb believed God. You read the 11th chapter of Hebrews over and you'll find a whole line of people that believe God. You'll find a lot of them that had faith in God. And they never quit when everybody else laid down around them. They kept their faith. And they didn't gain a heart down in them of unbelief. They stayed steadfast right up to the end until they seen that that God promised come to pass. Some of them died in faith, believing, never receiving the promise of the coming of the Lord in that day. But they died knowing that there was going to be a Savior come. They never denied it. Never backed up from it. You know how to please God? It says, without faith it's impossible to You know how to please God? Put your faith in Him. And you know what you'll do if you've done that? He said, Wait a minute. But Christ, as the Son is over His own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. When you receive that heavenly calling and God calls you, you go to an altar and you receive that. Down in your heart. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. There's a moment right there. When you can choose to harden your heart. Or you can let the Lord move into it. That's, that's what's going to keep you steadfast. That's what's going to keep you uh, firm unto the end. Is when the Lord moves in. The Bible says they, those that endure to the end. The same shall be saved. You're not going to be saved. Because you endured something in your flesh. You know who's going to endure to the end, Cheryl? Them that didn't harden their heart. Them that received the Holy Ghost. That's how you're going to stay firm to the end. Why? The, you, you show in one place in the Word of God where it teaches that we do anything within ourselves through our own strength, our own power, without the help of God. So who do you think is going to endure to the end? Them that received you. Then when he knocked, when that heavenly calling come by, they, they received that in. And they're going to last firm under the end. 
Not because they're tough, not because they can they can do things through their own might. Why well, he said it wasn't of our works that any man should boast. But it's a gift of God. You want to be able to, to get through them low points and struggles? Receive the Holy Ghost. He said that you uh, 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 blaspheme against that Holy Ghost, you put yourself in danger of damnation of hell. You want to get God's wrath stirred up? Don't believe Him. That's what they did over in the provocation. They rejected the Word of God. They rejected the promises of God. And turned that away. I'll get on down in this. He says, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Now I want to stop there for just a second in that too. Because I want, I want to touch on this. But when, when a man's heart gets hardened, it's one thing if we, if we harden ourselves. But imagine when God hardens your heart. You read over in the book of Romans where he talks about that, that he would turn people over unto a reprobate mind to believe a lie and be damned in. Do you know what that is? That's God hardening a heart. That's God withdrawing from that and saying, I will never deal with that anymore. You believe your lie and you're damned in. What do you think he done to Pharaoh over there? He said God hardened his heart. You know what God was doing uh, each time that Pharaoh, it started out in a very beginning over there. Pharaoh already had come to a decision in his life that he was gonna, he was gonna put the children of Israel under bondage. He come to that decision and he says, I'm gonna have what I want and I'm not gonna have these people overcome our, our people. Because they're growing, they're getting greater, they're getting more strength to them. He says, I'm going to hold them down and I'm not going to let them grow. I'm not going to let them overpower me. They're not going to take over Egypt. We're going to take over them. And you know what God started doing? He said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. So little by little, lady, every time there's another plague come through, Pharaoh, he'd get harder and harder and harder. Did God love Pharaoh less than anybody else? He says he's not a respecter of persons. But Pharaoh, because I, I can show you, the Pharaoh in Joseph's day yielded a heart unto God. God blessed the nation in that day. So it wasn't just because he was an Egyptian. There's other, you can go read about Nebuchadnezzar and you'll find and you'll find a prayer in there where Nebuchadnezzar saw Jesus and he he saw God in, in the power that he was. God humbled his heart. Because Nebuchadnezzar had a heart where he was willing to see. Hey, there is God. The Lord brought him down and the Lord humbled him. God didn't harden him because because Nebuchadnezzar had not truly shut his heart off unto God at that time. He brought him all the way down to his out there eating grass with the beasts in the field, now mind you. But God didn't harden his heart. But he humbled him. And you'll 
find it, but restored to him what he once had. Because he came to himself and he saw there is a God in heaven. An almighty powerful God. The God of Daniel. You know what he did? When he heard that heavenly calling. Not as a, he, he didn't see Christ in that day, but he saw the glory of God. And he heard that calling at that moment. And he stayed unto it until he truly received it. He said in all this down through here, he said, So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. And there again, I, I can't help it. I'm going to just... Does that, does that in that right there? So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now... Is it just me, or does it sound like they had an opportunity before that moment? Right here's the moment that God swore in His wrath when they provoked Him, when they proved Him, when they denied that they believed that He had the power to get them in to the rest over there. At this moment right here, they, He said, "I swear in my wrath that they wasn't going to that they wasn't going to enter into my rest." So at that moment, when they denied. When they rejected, God swore in His wrath that and He said, this is a warning unto us. This is a warning unto the lost today right here in this next verse. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In other words, leaving and walking away from God. When that heavenly calling goes out, He's saying, listen, you better take heed. That you don't let that evil heart of unbelief come into your life and you depart from the living God. In other words, I'm going to put this in, 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 in kind of in, in our terms of how a lot of times our church services go. The Word of God gets preached. The Spirit goes to knocking. And there's a heavenly calling going on. Heart beating out of your chest. Something drawing you to an altar of repentance. And there's something that's speaking in a still small voice down in our soul. That's saying that I'm going to bring you out. And there's a place of rest that remains for the children of God. And you've got an opportunity to walk right in and receive the blessings of God. To walk right into the rest of God. And that's going on. And there's a struggle and there's a battle down in there. And you turn around and walk out that door. That will stir up the wrath of God. You provoke God and He will prove Himself unto you. And in His wrath, one time walking out of that door, He's already fulfilled the obligation unto you to deal with your soul. One time walking out that door, and you stir up the wrath of God and you've grieved and blasphemed that Holy Ghost to come by your way that dealt with your heart and you walk right out that door right there to stir up the wrath of God and He said, He says, I will never deal with you again. And I'll turn you over to your own mind and I'll let you go out in this world and I'll let you think you're having all the fun you can have. You're going to wonder just like they did that 40 years of learning the wilderness and never receive the rest of God. Never receive the promise of God because of unbelief. 
Now listen. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now listen, do you understand this? Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now that goes right back to what we were talking about. I love it when the Lord brings everything together. What was we talking about before, before I opened up my Bible? Now, today, this is the only time. And this is when we need to be exhorting one another. This is when we need to be calling unto one another. While it's today. Because after after they had denied and after they had turned away and after they had died in the wilderness after 40 years, there was no going back and redeeming those people and, and bringing them into the promised land. There was no raising up those carcasses that fell in the wilderness over there. There was no time for that. There was no ability to do that. But today is the day of salvation. Right now is when it's time. To be exhorting one another. To be sending out that heavenly calling through the Spirit of God, through love for one another. I heard Dennis Randall, like I said, I talked to Dennis this season on the phone, he called me, and he was talking about Fred Hunter. And he, and he was talking about how Fred always have a special place in his heart. Because he said Fred was just like that, that one that stopped right there uh, on the Jericho Road and, and stopped to, and stopped by his way and come down to where he was at and helped to lift him up and to get him to where he could get some help. He said when I was a lost man, he said that's what Fred Hunter was to me. He was the one that thought enough to stop by. You know what he done, brother? He exhorted him while it was today. While there was still breath in Dennis Randall's body, we never one got those people. You just heard me testify. My papa was that man to me. Not holding him up above another. But you know what he done? He exhorted me while it was today. While there was time, he told me about a Jesus that loved me enough. And when he came by and the Lord knocked on my door, and I heard that heavenly calling, I didn't say there was no way he could say something like me. I might have had those thoughts. Do you know what I did? I hated under the collar. And I didn't depart from the living God. I didn't walk away from him. And I didn't die in the wilderness. I didn't get turned over to that evil heart of unbelief. I didn't get my heart hardened that night. I said, Lord, here's my heart. It's yours, Lord. And since that day, I've tried my best to be faithful. <clears throat> Failed many times, come short. You'll find we're, 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 all, we're, we're all susceptible to that in our lives. But he said, if you sin, thankful now, I, I, I realize that I've done magic with the Father. There's a place of repentance. And he said, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that tells me they ain't been a man, woman, boy, or girl they were born that he didn't love. And as many as he loves, he rebukes and he chastens. Now what do you think that is? That's a heavenly calling. 
That's a time when the Lord said the only sacrifice he'd receive was a broken and a contrite spirit. You know what he'll come by and he'll do? He'll rebuke you. He'll show us our sins. And he'll show us where we need to come unto that salvation. Exactly. And when that comes by, and if we reject that and turn that away, we put ourselves in danger of the wrath of God. Listen. He said, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How do we get hardened? What is deceitfulness? It's a lie. It's an untruth. And what does sin do? What's it done from the beginning to Adam and Eve? It lied to them. Who's the father of sin? Who's the father of all these things? Who's the father of lies? Satan himself. The deceitfulness of sin. Oh, that maybe you've got another service. Maybe you'll do it Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, because you want me to tell you what the children of Israel did over there? When, when, when God said you can have it, and they said, no, we can't, and when he withdrew from them, then you know what they started wanting to do? No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. No, it was too late. The whore had already turned over. They was going to die in that wilderness. Today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. When that call goes out, it's time. It's not time to turn and walk away and think it over and make sure. But when that drawing spirit comes by, it's time to heed to it. And and, and you don't want to be, uh, as it says there, hardened, hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It said, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So, how are we made partakers of Christ? Okay, we heard about that they were partakers of the heavenly calling. And he said, consider, consider the apostle, the high priest of our profession. That was after the profession, Jesus Christ. Now, down there, he says, he says for we are made partakers of Christ... If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So, where's the end of this? On your knees. On your knees receiving Christ. You know where you'll feel your calling? Maybe in a pew. You may be laying flat on your back in the bed like I was. Maybe Mark Bowman testified the other day he got saved on his job. Wherever we're at, we get that heavenly call. You know how you're going to receive that? You know how you're going to you're going to receive, be be made a partaker of Christ, holding steadfast to the end. You hear that calling, and you yield unto that calling. And God says, "You can have this, just like He told the children of Israel. You can have salvation. I will give you a place of rest that you've never." Felt such a place of peace. 
You won't be working under the sins of your flesh, the desires of your own fleshly body no more, but you'll be working under the things of Christ. You'll lay aside all the things you thought was so important before, and you'll realize they're the partaking of a heavenly calling, they're the partaking of Jesus Christ that you, that means partaker, means you have a part in. Joshua and Caleb seen it. Believed it. The other spies that went down in there, they, they saw it too. They didn't believe it. That was what angered God. Everybody got to see it. Everybody got to witness it. I promise you, there's not been a man, woman, boy, or girl that's died and went to hell that ain't seen the promise. That ain't had a heavenly calling come unto their life and rejected it. They all seen it. And only two of them believed it. They let that deceitful, uh, they let their heart be hardened through the deceitfulness of their sin. Unbelief. He says, while it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Okay, he keeps referring to today. So I'm just going to get to that on something right here. Where he's talking about holding steadfast unto the end. This is not a period of, of years. This is not a whole long period of time. It's one day. Today. Today, when you are a partaker of the heavenly calling. Today is the day you receive that. Unto the end is the same day. You hold steadfast unto the end. That's when that call goes out. He didn't show them one day over there and then give them a, a year to decide whether they wanted to go in. That was the day. They saw it. They didn't believe it. That day. He said the day of provocation. It wasn't the days of provocation. It wasn't a period of, of many years that, 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 that they just slowly decided, no, I just don't believe this. There was one moment in their life that they had a choice to make. There was one time they had heard and heard and heard that God was bringing them out of Egypt. God brought them across the Red Sea. They had always heard all these different things. But there came a day in their life when they had to make the choice. We may have heard since we was five years old, that there's salvation. I heard it from the time I was a very small child early, that you had to be saved, you had to receive Jesus Christ to go to heaven. I heard all those things. But there came a day in my life that I had to choose. There came a day when God said, you can have this right here. It looks impossible there's walled seas, there's giants, there's all these different things. But I'm telling you, today, Dean writes, you have this. Or you can provoke me, prove me, and you can fall in the wilderness. It's not, it's not this 12-step this program. 
You've got to hear. And when he knocks, you've got to receive. We can't put it off. We can't what? I've told you, my nanny got saved and was in the hospital out of her mind that very night and died the next day. Why the Lord's let me be, be, be a partaker of so many different situations that's a lot similar. Billy, Paul, got saved just there too late, was dead. Several times, God has allowed me to witness those last moments of somebody's natural life when he's saying, here's the promise, you can have it, it's time to choose. They didn't have another day to wait. They didn't have another moment to wait. That was their day of salvation. I'm just here to tell you, when God calls, you better answer because you don't know when you're going to take the last breath. Don't know when you're going out of here. Today is that moment. And when we let that moment pass, Mark, the next time you open your eyes might be in hell. Just like that rich man. Don't harden your heart through the deceitfulness of sin. That one that whispers in our ear, when we're watching. That one that whispers in our ear, brother. That one that tells us, says, it just, you don't have to do that. You don't have to step forward. You don't have to go. That's the old deceiver. Satan himself. A lie. I just wonder how many times that rich man, old Lazarus, was out there at the gates. I wonder how many times that old Lazarus witnessed to him. I wonder how many times he's seen the glory of the Lord on that old nigger out there. Something down inside him said, I need that. I just don't think I can ever find a peace like that in my life. Well, he turned his heart. He hardened his heart towards the pleasures of this world. Fared sumptuously every day. Was arrayed in the finest of linens. Didn't want for a thing in his life. Hardened his heart under what that old beggar had. And said, I'm going to have what the world's got. Well, that's God who did You know whose choice it was, though? Jesus. The rich man's. There was deceitfulness placed in front of him, and he wanted to believe a lie more than he wanted to believe the truth. And he faced the wrath of God when he lifted his eyes in hell. And then it was too late. We read on. He says, for some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? That's a question. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Who was he grieved with? For 40 years. He said... Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? Who did he tell couldn't have it? 
Who did he say? You were you can't enter into my rest. The ones that provoked him, the ones that sinned, the ones that denied him through unbelief. That's the word of God. Those that will lift their eyes in hell will have a chance at salvation. They'll have no excuse that they had no choice, that they had no time, that God never spoke to them. Because he said, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. So the preacher, that was back then. You know what appeared unto all men? Christ Jesus. You know what will appear unto all men before they die? Christ Jesus. The grace of God that bringeth salvation. What brings salvation? Jesus Christ. God's grace. God's unmerited favor showed itself through His Son being willing to give His life on a cross at Calvary. And He said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. When you're lifting up Jesus Christ, you're lifting up the grace of God. That man doesn't have to die and go to hell. That, it, that, it, that it, there's a choice to be made in your life and you can either choose it. Now right there's a prime example of, of two thieves that were deserving of their uh, uh, penalty that they were facing of the consequences that they were deserving it, David. Bobby, they had committed those crimes and that was just the sin of their life. But look right there in between them, Audrey. Right there was a decision. Right there was a choice for two men. And the Lord said, If thou be one said, If thou be the Son of God, save yourself and us. And the other said, When thou enter in. Remember me. And he said, This day. You know what that was? That was that man's today. That was that man's choice to either harden his heart or receive the rest of God. And it was the other man's day to choose if he wanted to harden his heart and never be able to enter into the rest. And when he said, if, that's not faith. But when the other said, when, you know what he did? He believed that he was a Christ. He, was a he believed that he was getting ready to go back to the Father. He believed that he was salvation. He believed that he came his way. He believed that he gave him opportunity. And you know what he got? Paradise. Rest. Salvation, Tony Freeman. How did he get it? Was it complicated, brother? No. Was it a hard thing? No. He believed. Why did the other man not get it? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. That's why he didn't get it. That's why our people are dying and going to hell. It's because they're not believing. And they're not receiving. He said, so... We see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The only reason that anyone cannot enter in to God's salvation, God's heaven, God's mercies, is because they won't believe. 
That's the Word of God. That's not my... That's not even my interpretation of it. That's the Word of God. You can't have it if you don't believe. And you know what belief is? It's a choice. To receive or reject. You know what it is? It's an evil heart. It's a hardened heart. Not hardened by God, but hardened by man. Through a deceitfulness of sin. Don't blame God for people going to hell. There's nobody in hell can blame God that they're there. It wasn't his choice. You know what his choice was, Jay? He said he wasn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wasn't willing. So what did he do? For God, I quoted all ago, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How much plainer can that get? How does that get so complicated? It's plain. It's salvation. He said, even, even though a, a wayfaring man, though a fool, could not err therein. You know the only way you'll err in that? Through deceitfulness of sin. Through trusting your flesh, hardening your heart, and not believing God. Through looking at things with a carnal eye. That's what I've been trying to teach this teenage class. We've got to read these things and understand them in the natural sense of how God and how these things truly happen. But in a spiritual sense of understanding our salvation. These things in this Old Testament were set down for examples of our life. And they're, they're interpreted in the New Testament through spiritual. He said God is a spirit and they which worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Do we kill uh, 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 sacrifices and offer them up to God anymore? No. That sacrifice was made. But He did in His laws. He said He came not to do away with the law. But that the law through Him might be fulfilled. So God still got laws. God still got ordinances. But He told us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Can you clean your flesh up enough to call it holy? How are you going to present your body holy and acceptable unto God? With a clean spirit. What's going to give you a clean spirit? Has any man ever cleaned up his own soul or spirit? You know what's going to clean up the inside of When the Holy Ghost moves in. That's the only thing that can sweep the floors of your heart. That's the only thing that can work. And that's the only thing that will keep a man steadfast until the end. Because you want to know what our heart is? It's continually wicked. It's continually wicked. Man's heart. But you know what the Lord does? He comes in and He circumcises that heart. And He cuts away the hardness. And He puts in a new heart. He puts in a heart that's like Jesus. He puts in a spirit. That makes us walk different than we did before. Makes us talk different than... That's the only thing that will keep us steadfast unto the end. Not letting that evil heart of unbelief shove him away. I hope that's been clear tonight. I, 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 I always... Because I know me. And I always pray when the Lord starts revealing something to me. Lord, you just take over. You, you explain this. 
Please, because I don't want to mess it up. What you've showed me, Lord, you reveal it. I hope. There's so much more. You could go on in through this and you could back up to the second chapter, go on into the fourth, and it just keeps revealing itself the same way. The same way. If we're going to enter into His rest, it's going to be through a heart of belief. If we're going to enter into His wrath, it's going to be through a hardened heart of unbelief. And when you don't believe, trust me, your heart will get harder. That's why people can get to the point of wickedness in their life that gets so great and we're like, how could somebody do that? Just imagine Pharaoh. He started out looking at the children of Israel with a little bit of envy, a little bit of worry that they were going to take away what was his. That they were going to, they were going to come in there and just, just take over everything he had. And that little bit of envy and that little bit of worry got him hardened. And the Lord allowed him to get harder and harder. And the more plagues and the more trouble that come on him, he got harder and harder. And a lot of times we look at people calling and we'll say, why? Why can they not see how bad their life has got? Can they not see where they're at? Sometimes God's just turned them over. Other times He's breaking them down. We don't know the total workings of how God's working with everybody's life. And I'm not going to start trying to dissect into somebody else's life. I'll deal with this one. I do know this. He said to them that exalt themselves shall be abased. You lift yourself up, don't bring you down. I give you two examples. Pharaoh hardened his heart against God. So God hardened his heart even more. He allowed him and turned him over to a reprobate mind to allow him to believe that lie that there might be some way he could overcome the children of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar got a broken heart. He got brought down and it humbled him. It didn't harden him. It humbled him. We better take heed that we don't harden and that we humble. That's what's going to make the difference. You, could, you, I mean, I could just go back and back and back. Why do you think why, Saul, he turned his heart. When he, when he disobeyed God, you know what was the hardest thing for Saul to do? To take rebuke. Samuel comes over there. You shouldn't have done this, Saul. God's done, God's done giving, your, giving your kingdom to somebody else. Boy, what happened? Saul got hard. And this was a man that was anointed. But yet he still hardened himself. He got so evil. Those, those people today that's turned against the church so hard, they just soon see you die. Saul was that way, buddy. He wanted that javelin. He tried his best. He wanted to take out David. And he died a hard man. David had a heart that was willing to be humbled. He sinned, committed some of the, the worst things, David, that we that, that's recorded in the Word of God. A man that was a man after God's own heart committed those things. Took another man's wife. Had a child with her. Had that man killed. Lied. Was deceitful to all of, uh, all of his kingdom. But you know what happened? Nathan come up there and he preached the word of God to him in love. 
He showed him where he was at, and he said, "Thou art the man." Read the fifty-first chapter of Psalms and read that repentant prayer of David, and you'll see why God allowed him to be in the position he was in. Because he was a man that was willing to be humbled when God did rebuke him. That's where we've got to be with this. It can go on and on and on, and it will. Long after I'm dead, this will keep preaching if time keeps turning. But I thank the Lord tonight.